Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning. My name is Anis and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Capstone Mining Q1 2021 results conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press the star followed by the two. Mr. Anats, you may begin your conference. Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone on the call today. The news release announcing Capstone's 2021 first quarter financial results is available on our website. And if you're logged into the webcast, we'll be advancing slides. On the call are Darren Pilot, President and CEO, Raman Randawa, Chief Financial Officer, and Brad Mercer, Chief Operating Officer. Following our brief remarks, there will be an opportunity for questions. Comments made on the call today will contain forward-looking information. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties, and actual results may differ materially from the views expressed today. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, please see Capstone's relevant filings on CDAR. And finally, I'll just note that all amounts we discussed today will be in U.S. dollars unless otherwise speci uh, specified. Now I'll turn the call over to Darren Pilot. Thank you, Gerald, and uh, good morning, everybody. To start, I want to point out uh, on the front cover of this presentation showing that San Domingo is ready to start major construction late this year. By mid-year, we expect to announce our strategic partnership and financing plan that will set the stage for a two-year construction period and full production in 2024. Starting now on slide number six, Q1 of this year, the operating results were terrific as we benefited from a combination of strong production, lower costs, and higher copper prices. The Q1 consolidated production of 47.8 million pounds of copper at a C1 cash cost of $1.70 per pound surpassed our expectation, and I was particularly pleased to see cash costs below the 175 per pound low end of annual guidance. Turning now to slide number seven. With 49 million pounds of copper sales at C1 cost of $1.70 per pound and a realized copper price of $4.12 per pound really fueled that 40% EBITDA beat versus consensus, which is 119 million actual versus 85 million of consensus. I believe this quarterly performance firmly places Capstone in the mid-cap group of companies. And as our production profile moves up another 10% next year, and 100% overall in the next three years with Santa Domingo, we believe this company is transforming to the premier mid-cap copper company, one that operates in top mining jurisdictions with district growth optionality and powered by a debt-free balance sheet with even lower cash costs when Santa Domingo is, is added to the portfolio. In addition, we've outlined the significant EBITDA generation of over $400 million in this uh, current $4 plus copper price environment. And that's based on the midpoint of our guidance for Cozumel and Pinot Valley respectively. 
19 million is a great uh, number to start the year with. And now on to slide number eight. This quarter was the highest operating cash flow in Capstone's 15-year history as a copper producer. You can see on the chart, we started 2021 on the back of a strong finish to last year. Both operations saw higher grades, higher throughput, with strong copper recovery and cost containment. Pinot Valley performance was underpinned by the completion of our phase one PV3 optimization to increase throughput uh, up to the currently level, current levels of 58,000 tons per day in the quarter. And Cozeman ramped up production to 3,780 tons per day, which was the target um, within the completion of the one-way ramp that we did late last year. As we noted earlier, the performance was a glimpse of what is to expect moving forward. Raman, I'll pass it over to you now. Thanks, Darren. We're now on slide nine, which highlights the financial transformation that occurred at Capstone over the past year. While the $4 plus copper price environment is definitely a strong tailwind, the growth of Capstone has been underpinned by the key building blocks we focused on over the last 12 months, which included the following. Number one, innovation and optimization of Pinot Valley, which has led to a sustainable throughput increase by 10% to 58,000 tons per day. Number two, exploration excellence at Cozeman, which has led to a mine length extension to 10 years in the latest tech technical report, with the strongest production and cash flow profile in its 15-year history. Number three, Silverstream. 150 million Silverstream propelled Capstone's debt-free status and full leverage to copper prices to equity shareholders now. And number four, advancing the reduced capital strategy for Santo Domingo lowers the risk for Capstone to advance a world-class project to major construction. The operating results for the course, first quarter are reflective of Capstone's strong earnings and operating cash flow generation potential in a rising copper price market. The Q1 2021 actual figures on a standalone basis is close to that of a full year 2022 actual for EBITDA and OCF. Overall, these results are a good indicator of our full 2021 potential. We finished the quarter with adjusted EBITDA of $119 million in cash flow from operations before changes in working capital of $245 million. Operating cash flow adjusted for the $150 million from the Cozeman stream equals $95 million. During the quarter, we fully repaid our long-term debt of $185 million, and we are now in a net cash position of $45 million. Subsequent to quarter end, we received the initial draw from Wheaton on the gold stream of $30 million, thus increasing our net cash position from $45 to $75 million. Now turning to slide 10. Chart on the right highlights our after-tax operating cash flow generation in a $4 copper price environment. We would generate $1 billion cumulative over the next three years. Keep in mind, our annual site sustaining capital is fairly minimal at 75 million combined for the two mines, plus some expansionary capital currently on PB3 optimization, exploration, and the Paceville plant at Cozumel. With a zero long-term debt on our balance sheet, and with the annual EBITDA generation outlined earlier by Dern, north of $400 million, we are well-positioned to leverage our balance sheet and cash flows to finance our portion of Santo Domingo at a very attractive, very attractive cost of capital option. Now I'll pass it over to Brad. Thanks, Roman, and good morning, everyone. Uh, for your reference, we're now on slide 11. Darren and Roman uh, already talked about the record operating cash flow and the strong balance sheet. Uh, I want to talk about some uh, operational milestones now. At Pinto Valley, the Erie's hydrofloat engineering work is advancing very well, and we are expecting to green light this approximately $70 million 
dollar project uh, for construction by mid-year, and it should be operational uh, after that by mid-22. Recall uh, from our earlier calls, we, uh, we expect uh, an attractive payback on capital uh, that's driven by a 6% increase on copper recovery. Moving on to Cozumel, uh, the ramp up to 3780 tons per day uh, has been met. Uh, it was the target previously announced in our uh, technical report. I'll also add that the one-way ramp is proving to be uh, a major de-bottleneck win, as we thought it would be, for the mine, as we have seen several days in the past quarter, uh, over 4,000 tons a day being hauled up that ramp, uh, nothing without anything coming up the shaft, while well, the shaft was down for maintenance. So with that, plus the 2,000 uh, ton per day capacity of the shaft, this tells me the mine will not have any logistical issues uh, to grow production. As specific to growth at Cozumel, we have commenced work on Impact 23 initiatives, backed by ongoing ex uh, exploration, ongoing sorry exploration in the West uh, Malinoche footwall zone, where we are currently drilling from surface, but will move to underground drilling in 2022 after completion of an exploration uh, drift. An update on these initiatives is, will be uh, given later on this year. Moving on to San Domingo. Discussions with strategic partnerships and a financing plan are well advanced. Trade-off studies uh, to replace the iron ore pipeline with a rail option is proceeding very well, and we have commenced feasibility work on the cobalt project. This is one of the top three cobalt projects outside of the DRC and has the potential of being one of the world's lowest cost. I direct your attention now to slide 12. This slide always puts a smile on my face because it is amazing how far uh, mining has come in a short time frame with new technologies. Pinto Valley, back in the 1970s, was designed for daily throughput of 36,000 tons a day, with I believe at that time were the biggest ball mills in the world. And today, the nominal capacity is nearly two times higher with the same motors and the same mills. Uh, I think that's remarkable. Recently, We've had great success with blast fragmentation technology that has uh, seen sustainable uh, finer feed size to our mills, and that is having a big impact. Today, we are generating from the pit on average 35 to 40% fines uh, minus, one, uh, minus half inch sorry, uh, in our feed uh, versus about 25% was minus one half inch a year ago. This finer feed lowers our power cost, lowers our maintenance cost, and increases ball mill throughput. On top, on top of that, as I mentioned, the combination of Erie's hydrofloat and genetic catalytic leach technologies will ensure that Pinta Valley can maximize copper recovery uh, of our resource. In, we, in short, we think we can get new mill-like throughput from an old mill uh, that was constructed in the 1970s era. Same for cost and recovery. So this begs the question, what could Pinto Valley ultimately look like in the future? We are aiming to answer that in our PB4 study to be released in 2022. We are locking down our inputs into that study in early Q3. And uh, I think of note, uh, we are sitting on a billion tons of resource at similar grade to the reserves, but not currently in the reserves. 
So we expect to show a mine plan into the 2050s with a higher production profile than our current PV3 plan. Our strategy is to maximize leaching activity to fill our SXCW plant, which has a lot of capacity, and to help pay for the additional stripping required to deepen the pit. It could also allow for a higher cutoff grade to the mill. In short, I think we have a very exciting future at Pinto Valley and in, at, at Capstone, as you heard earlier. Um, and with that, I'll conclude my remarks and hand it back to Derek. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. And uh, everybody, we're now on to slide 13. We've covered most of the catalysts on this slide. Uh, the updated technical report in the second half of this year for Pinot Valley will incorporate the optimization efforts we have realized to date. But it's really, as Brad talked about, it's really the PV4 study next year that will reveal the mine's true potential. And this is why we bought Pinot Valley back in 2013, because of the huge upside we saw for this operation, uh, not only on the property, but in a prolific copper mining district in Arizona. I believe there's an opportunity for Capstone to consolidate this district under one umbrella to improve overall environmental performance while responsibly advancing copper growth to production. The near-term catalyst for Capstone is the announcement of our strategic partner and financing plan for Santa Domingo, expected by mid-year. I know that many of you may be thinking that Capstone is currently generating sufficient cash flow to build the whole project ourselves, but our strategy has not changed. Until the ownership and financing plan is completely outlined and finalized, we will not be proceeding with any major capital expenditures until then. So regardless of this type of partnership structure, I'll add that Capstone will ensure we have the technical depth within the owner's team to execute on the build of this transformational project should Capstone remain the operator during construction. Now moving on to slide 14, the last slide. The chart on the right shows that we're on a 100% plus production growth plan over the next three years, and it comes with significantly lower costs. I believe Capstone is right now a premier mid-cap high-growth company, one that embraces technology to drive high return on capital. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We'll now um, open up for questions, operator. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have any questions, please press star followed by the one on your touchstone phone. You will hear three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please leave the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Craig Hutchinson with TD. Craig, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my question and great, great results this morning. Um, just a, a couple questions on Pinto Valley. Just in terms of the use of the jetty technology, are you guys starting to use that currently in the field, or is it still really at the kind of a, uh, the test phase in terms of some of the column leaching tests that you were doing previously? Uh, hey, Craig. Good morning. Thanks for thanks for that question. Um, no, we we are currently using it in, in the field now and have have been using over the past year um, the, the the testing the testing is to be able to convert um, the low grade mineralized waste into a reserve by by column leaching and testing over the next you know eight to twelve months so that you know it just takes a long time but if, if we if we get the results we're expecting 
we can then convert a lot of that waste into actual reserves, um, both in our waste dumps and in our pits. Uh, and Brad, you're on the line. I don't know if you want to add any, anything more to that answer. No, I think that covers it very well, uh, Darren. It's, it's, it's really, Craig, is really driven to be able to declare a reserve. Okay. So you, is there the timing for that in terms of when you feel the confidence level will be more sort of back into this year, kind of early next year? Or? Yeah, uh, so that's why it's going to... Sorry, go ahead, Brad. So, yeah, so the testing is going to take, uh, the column tests are going to take probably eight months, and they're starting, uh, they're reloading up shortly. So that's why the, 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 the PV4 study um, is coming out later in 22. We just need the, uh, the runway to get, the, to get good results on the column test. Okay, thanks. In the past, you guys have talked about the potential to incorporate additional resources, uh, regional resources around Pinto Valley. Um, what's the status of these initiatives? Um, anything kind of holding you guys back at this point? Hi, Craig. Again, Darren. No, no, nothing holding us back. Uh, we're in active discussions biweekly with our neighbors. Um, it's never been the activity's never been more than has is now. So we we see a real opportunity, uh, clearer than ever, that um, there's a, a gonna, there's a potential for a consolidation with the uh, brownfield resources. You know, uh, both copper resources, uh, brownfield areas, uh, and also water resources in and around the area that we feel, as we're the only, as as we know, we're the only producing mine in the district. We feel strongly that there's a there's a consolidation opportunity in those areas sooner rather than later. Right. Okay. And, and you guys, I think recently received uh, a positive draft uh, record decision on Pinto Valley expansion. Uh, would any of this material? Be covered off in that in terms of potential to, to put it onto your 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 new areas you're coaching onto the forestry services plans. I would no. I would say as you said, there's a there's a draft record of decision out there in the public, and we're in the uh, in the 45 day uh, public comment period with um, the current schedule with um, you know final final permit issued in in the fall, and that is that incorporates just our PV3 um, mine plan and operation. Okay. And maybe one last question for me. Just at, at Cozeman, you guys uh, were pretty excited about some of the, the you know, the western and eastern extension of the Malinochi footwall zone. Any updates on where you guys are with this and when we can expect our, our first sort of glimpse of the new drill results? Sure, Craig. I'll let I'll let Brad answer that one. Well, we have uh, drills uh, operating from surface, and as you can imagine, <clears throat> from surface it takes a bit of time to get one hole. Uh, we're happy with the results, um, the way they're going. I think when we get a critical mass of, of results, we will we will make a release later on this year. Okay, great thing. Uh, the Thank big the big push on that. Sorry, Craig. The big push on yeah. the on exploring exploring to the east will be next year underground when we get the uh, when we complete the drift. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Your next question comes from Dalton Barreto with Canaccord. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Darren and team, and congratulations. Um, I apologize if I missed this uh, in your comments. I've been kicked off the call a couple of times. Um, Pinto Valley, what are you averaging for, on a throughput rate in April? And do you have a sense for what you expect to average this year? Can it be higher than 58,000 tons per day? Um, that, that, yeah, that, Brad, I'll let you kind of give the exact numbers, but we're, yeah, Brad, over to you. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so we're we're uh, concentrating on stabilizing the throughput. I think we've done that uh, at about 58,000 tons a day. The, we we feel the mill has capacity to go uh, much higher than that. Well, higher up to probably over 60. Uh, right now, we are focusing on recovery, uh, but the mill is certainly not stressed to make uh, 58,000 tons a day. Okay, great. And then just speaking of recovery, um, aside from the core soil filtration uh, technology, what, what's left to implement from, uh, from a PV3 perspective? I, Dalton, that's that's really the, um, the 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 lion's share of it. I mean, it, you know, the, the we're not playing much else. The the Aries is really the big thing that we we the big ticket item that we think is going to substantially boost that recovery into the low 90s. Um, other than that, it's um, we're, like I said, our our strategy is to to make this old mill run like a new one with technology and cap and a little bit of capital, but not to write the big check to spend a huge amount. And we're seeing these results from. The, the, you know the front of the mining with the with the blast fragmentation, uh, upgrading the fine crushers and the screen decks, which are, are already done, and now the the final piece on the back end being the, uh, the the recovery. So we, as Brad mentioned, we think we think sometime in the next 12 months we can bump recovery up, uh, sorry, throughput up into the uh, into this in the 60,000 the low 60s, and achieve that um, that 90 plus percent recovery, and that's that that will be the the full PV3 optimization completed. Okay, great. And then, you know, I, was, I wanted to ask about the uh, Santa Domingo JV process, you know, as you guys progress. Are you able to tell us at all a, bit, a little more about it, just in terms of kind of the nature of the participants right now, um, whether you're leaning towards the higher end or lower end of your ownership uh, range, and just what the bid ask spread looks like right now? Well, well, Dalton. Again, I, we're on a dual track. I said we we started off the process a, a, long, a while ago, obviously, and, and it's taken a while with with COVID and copper prices moving around. And so the the dual track is is um, you know being much less of an owner, and that's the one we started with. And then, of course, with copper prices and our balance sheet, uh, we've been able to also incorporate um, us owning a, a larger portion, um, you know, around that seventy percent mark. So. There's a dual track. I can't tell you which one is over. I can tell you that we we really uh, believe and understand and know this fully per, full, fully permitted large scale project in Chile is a is a tier one asset, especially in the in the early years of copper production, and that we want to own as much as we can um, of it. But we are going to take the the best, you know, the lowest risk, highest return kind of deal for. For, for our shareholders, and that's our number one obligation. That's what we're we're doing. So we are on both those tracks. But we do expect um, a clear kind of picture fairly soon, you know, definitely by um, by um, by the next time we speak on this call, on the next quarter call. Okay, great. And then maybe just one last one for me. Yeah, so you've got no more debt now for the first time since 2013, and you're generating tons of cash. You've got a decent line of sight to uh, to funding Santo. Are you thinking at all about capital deployment outside of Santo Domingo? Um, either capital return or new projects. Well, once we, as you just you just mentioned it, right? We've got we've got some 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 capital with um, we've, we've got a couple things to look at. We've got the PV3 optimization capital, which is well understood, and then we're going to look at we're going to come up with this PV4 study, understand what what capital that what looks like there. Obviously, we're going to define the ownership of San Domingo and have our capital obligations there. But again. 
we think those will be uh, very, very conservative based on the fact that, you know, just because we, we bought the, uh, we consolidated the, the, the Santa Domingo ownership at, what we, at 0.3 times NAV is what we purchased. It doesn't mean we're going to sell it to someone else at that low price. So from the proceeds of us selling down our position and, and um, the, the, the debt financing that can be put on it, we feel there'll be minimal capital out. So yes, we'll have a, we believe we'll have we'll have additional capital to understand how to give that back to shareholders in the best way forward, either by expanding our operations or or or, or you know distributing that capital. And we'll be able to look at that in the uh, in the second half of uh, of this year. Understood. Thanks very much, Darren. Congrats again. Thanks, Dalton. Thank you. We have a following question from Stefan Yanu with Cormac Securities. Please go ahead. Great. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Great quarter. Um, just, uh, I know previously you mentioned a, a modest sort of initial program at Donovan Exploration Program. Just wondering if that had started yet or if it's something that's earmarked for later this year and, uh, and if you're seeing any, any other sort of regional opportunities down in Mexico right now. Uh, thanks, Stefan. Um, good morning. Um, Brad, over to you on that one. Yeah, we, we've just finished the drilling program. Uh, we drilled, uh, I can't remember the exact total, but I think it's somewhere around 2,000 meters. Um, as for other opportunities, we are talking to our neighbors all the time. Uh, everything from ranging from drilling uh, deeper targets on their property below uh, silver targets, uh, all the way up to toll mining. So we, we're in discussions, I would say, uh, pretty continuously, but we haven't uh, we haven't signed anything else recently. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. As a final reminder, should you have any questions, please press star one. It appears there are no further questions at this time. You may proceed. Thank you, operator, and thank you, everyone, for participating on the call. We appreciate your support and your questions, as always, and don't hesitate to contact us for any follow-up questions you may have. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your line. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.